record. What's up? This is Lauren. Hey, it's Katie. And we are Loca. BFFs living the best life on a positive vibe. Shit. Sorry, I'm trying to get yes. your voice into well, it. Okay. Jesus <laughs> Just get in I'm the here. microphone. I'm okay. <laughs> Come sit with us. Get it. Oh my God. Welcome. Thank God. It's welcome to your podcast and you can't even enable recording. <laughs> we literally can't. Welcome to Loka, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, we have our, our interviewee recording this very special edition of Loka. So, um, you know, we are really bringing down the house over here. And we were talking about Kenny's be- miraculous transformation. And we got on the top. He's Kenny. Do you mind if I say it? Do you mind if I plug you? Oh, your, okay. Can we Kenny, say who Kenny is? Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was trying to get into the Olive Garden stuff, like make it flow, but we can get into it in a yeah, second. Let the audience know who are. That's kids. a fact. Okay. Let's. First of all, Kenny is a dear friend, long time, long time friend of our our beautiful host Catherine Hilbert here. Um, oh. she. She grandfathered me into the friendship by, you know, just association. And I've had the pleasure to know Kenny. He is a light in this world. I mean, to say the least, he, Kenny, we'll let you talk about a little bit about, you know, like what you do on your day to day, but also since knowing him, he has lost 150 pounds. I said, honey, clap it the fuck up for you, baby. That's the whole person. That is my goal weight. And I was just like, he's lost my goal weight and it's been phenomenal. And I just, you know, it's, we're, we're not undermining the fact of how much effort it's taken. But I, like I said earlier, he's done it in such a graceful way. It's just been amazing. And also to add an explanation point to that during a pandemic, when things Mm -hmm. Going and shifting, and people were at when we were at our lowest. Yeah, very, oh God, yeah, very low. So Kenny, I'm the only high. one in my family who lost weight during the pandemic. Everyone yeah. else was or coming. any friend group. You, yeah, or this yeah. or this chat. Yeah. <laughs> right to it. Yeah, the only I mean, one. Well, I just wanted, I, you know, it's always whatever. safer to put your family on blast. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> hit them hard. Yeah. So Kenny is a pillar in the community. Yes, he's a pillar of the community. And we've been friends, Kenny, for, I always think it's like 10 years, but like, I just don't remember the year we met. Is it not 10 years? It might be. What is the year? 2023. I want to say we met on New Year's Eve. So whenever you hosted that New Year's Eve dinner at that restaurant, I want to, I think it was in Wicker Park. Yeah, and they wanted us to leave before midnight, but I refused. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> on brand. I know, right. A very, very on brand if you are friends with Katie Hilbert. Yeah. <laughs> not a no, it's not. No, it's not in my vocabulary. Yeah. Here and so we met through a beautiful friend, Liz Redinger. Yes. And we, and Kenny is, we have him on the show today to tell us a really funny story because yeah. Kenny is a couple of things, one of, if not the funniest person I know, and an incredible storyteller. Oh, so, wow. well, you know what? Fuck Olive Garden. And so the interesting thing that I had to say, it could take a lot of oh, twice. I, no, so guys, basically. Yes, tell us. 
Go okay. Ahead. All I have to say yeah. is you guys seem to have an affinity for Olive Garden and I love that. And you know, it's, I I'll say this the other day, um, Brian was on like a, like a study group and two of the people were servers and they were just talking about it. And the guy, I guess he had been like a manager at Olive Garden or something. And he was saying, you know, Olive Garden is the only place you can go when you see people eating in their pajama pants or their Sunday's best. And he's like, you know, either it's like the recovery zone for somebody or like fine dining for another family. And I was just like, no, that is so that is true. Bad. It's bad. <laughs> It doesn't it's, attract an audience. That's both sides of the spectrum. For yeah. Sure. That's all. Yeah. About. Yeah. That's, that's a fact. It. And honestly, I like it that way. I mean, one Christmas, was it the day after Christmas when everyone goes shopping, Lauren, Leslie, and I went to Olive Garden and did happy hour. And it yeah. was a memory I still hold tight to my heart. It, it was a nice time for us. I went, I tried to go like two years back. It was a, a tragic experience and <laughs> tragic it smelled experience. very, it smelled, there was something in the carpet that was just a sense. Yeah, this, it was, it was really, it was the place that was going downhill. It's, and oh, you know, no. as an Italian, I can't really, I don't want to really say that I was there allegedly was there, you know, and um, here we are, here we are. We've survived to talk about it. Wow. Well, I think that the, the reason Kenny's on the show, um, mm -hmm. Kenny, do you want to say anything before we jump in? Uh, well, I'm just, first of all, I'm just happy to be here. And I think, you know, it's, it's for me, it's always a pleasure to be among people who have such a great sense of humor as you and Lauren do. And I could only and would only be able to tell such a story like this if uh, only with people who can laugh yeah. and, know, and, and understand, <laughs> can laugh. understand we can, good that. humor. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this was not humorous for me in the moment, but <laughs> hindsight is 2020. And, uh, and, and I find all the humor in it now. And I've yes. shared this story many with many people in many different settings. And it's always a crowd pleaser. <laughs> I cannot wait. And it's always at my expense, but it's yeah. fine uh, because there are parts of this story that I'm in such awe that like, I can't believe one, that it happened to me. And two, that I, I, got out of it the way that I did. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brace for impact, Lauren. Yeah. Okay. I'm buckling up right now. It's a timely story because Kenny, on our last episode, we really focused in on the weird shit we do as kids. And that's oh. why it came up. Yes. Because we were, I was like, I had, I was literally crying at Kenny's house, tears streaming down my face. He was handing me tissues because I was laughing so hard. And I'm like, talk about weird shit as a kid. So <laughs> I cannot believe Katie for as long as we've known each other. Let's just say it's 10 years. Let's say I have it. never once told you this story that detail. I do you recall de like the some detail like location, but yes. never at this extent. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, it's shocking to me. It was so, it was, it, it felt like it was my birthday. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm trying to blow out some candles. Like, oh, can, he, can he give me, can he like, give, what's the big deal? Spill the tea. 
Oh my God. And and by the way, Lauren, has Katie given you any snippets? That, so you no. really, you're going into this blind. Completely. The thing about that, that rubs me the, the wrongest way, aside from Katie trying to fake style me and sabotage my look every time we go to somewhere together, um, <laughs> is that Katie is really like good at keeping other people's business private when like between us. So when she has tea and I'll be like, okay, well, tell me. And then she'll be like, well, it would be better if they told you, or you should hit them up and talk to them. And I'm like, wow, what a bitch. Like, this is just <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it's, it's torture. And she, but she's one thing you will know is that if you are friends with both of us, that Katie, I can only speak for her is really good at keeping things low and keeping people's stuff private until the proper time. So that, which is probably why I've had to make so many connections with all the people she's known, because I mean, if I want any type of sip, I've got to, I've got to hit the direct line. So here we have you. Yes. And now, right now you've got the direct line to me and this very humbling story of mine. Yes. Okay. All right, here we go. So um, I was in, I was in seventh grade and it was tradition at my school. I went to a small uh, Montessori school in Chicago called the Ancona School. Shout out to Ancona. And uh, every other, it was every year, every other year, the seventh and eighth grade class would take a pilgrimage, if you will, to Washington, D.C. Oh, the good old D.C. trip. Our nation's capital. So, um, so we took a train out to DC and Katie, I did not share this with you, but this is also true on the train to DC. I discovered, cause I had never really done long extended road trips or train trips, even plane rides when I was that young. And I discovered about myself, you know, when you're young, you learn things. I learned that um, too much time on a train gives gave me motion sickness. And so at 3 a.m., everyone was asleep. My entire seventh and eighth grade class, we had our own car. And I woke up and I turned to my seat neighbor, Shamari, and I said, I said, oh my God, I'm, I'm gonna be sick. And Shamari, said what and was in this sort of half fog half state of sleep and I picked up my blanket um and I threw up into it <laughs> I cleared the entire car the entire yeah, car was that detail. I yeah I did forget that yep and my mistake which is the start of many mistakes on this trip Lauren as you'll find out <laughs> Another thing, right, when, you, when you're younger, you learn about, okay, what foods agree and disagree with my stomach? Oh, that's a fact, yes. Yeah, I got a little too big for my britches and, and had the penne pasta on the, on the dining car earlier that night. And I, you know, it's funny because now, what I now know is a gut feeling, right? We listen to our gut instincts. Well, at the time, I didn't know this to be a gut instinct, <laughs> but something said in me, don't do this. <laughs> and I did anyways, and I betrayed myself and ordered the penne pasta. And at 2 a.m., I now know why I okay. Yes, I should have. Yes, that was a warning I should have heeded, right? Like, okay. don't do that. 
my question is is this like a penny vodka penny alfredo is that where we're going like a dairy thing i wish first of all i wish it was vodka i wish it was alfredo because then it would have tasted good going in at least so it would have been somewhat worth it but it was one of those basic red sauce overly Mm. priced you know you're on a train and we'll charge you whatever the hell we want thanks yeah right so they so i i it, it was not tasty and that's that's another big regret of mine is that I ingested something that I didn't even enjoy, right? <laughs> but really you ate the whole worth. damn plate. I know. Lauren, I cleaned it up. I mean, speaking of <laughs> Olive Garden. <laughs> you had your own Olive Garden. <laughs> I really did. I created my own Olive Garden ambience within this train setting. So, so cut to 2 a.m. I've cleared the entire car. My classmates, my teachers, chaperones, you know, everyone is just like, their sleep has been disrupted because the the train staff have to now come in and disinfect the car. I will tell you though, I mean, you know, survivor instincts kick in really well. And I, I'm glad I did it into my blanket because even though the blanket could never be used again, better that than like on the seat in front of me or on Shamari. You know? Shamari would have just Shamari, Shamari would have passed. Shamari would he would have he would have killed me. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, so um, I remember the PE teacher who was on that trip. I remember Coach Steve. He was like, (laughs) like, you need to hydrate. I just bought you some Gatorade from the concession car. Chug this and you should you should feel better. My other teacher, she gave me saltine crackers. And, you know, really in three to four hours, I was as good as new. Did you did you go back to sleep after that or no? You were just awake. Okay. Not a not a wink of sleep was had that night, Lauren. Oh really. my was, gosh. So you're also exhausted. I'm running on fumes. And I'm, you know, a seventh grader who's like not well traveled at this point in time. So this was a lot of learning curves. Yeah. So we get to DC and uh, it's our first night there. We get in late um, and uh, we were just outside of DC and there was this buffet restaurant that mm. it was cheap and it could seat our entire class. And it was a small Montessori school. So I want to say that in total, there were uh, 30, somewhere between 30 and 40 kids on that trip. So we uh, go to this um buffet outside of DC. And I, you know, I was a red lobster baby. So I noticed that there was popcorn (laughs) shrimp being served at the buffet. Once again, I got big, too big for my britches. And I went up and I doubled up on the popcorn shrimp, you know, and I thought, were there any dipping sauces with this? There, there, you know, God, I don't remember, but I, I'm sure, I'm sure I put some type of like cocktail sauce on the side of it. I'm sure. Um, but I had a plate of, there was no green on my plate. It was full <laughs> golden, crispy, golden popcorn shrimp. Love it. Because you're also away from your parents. So I'm you're a- making decisions for yeah. your food. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is another thing too, right? I was away. I had my own sense of agency and yes. was like, screw this. I'm going to do me. Popcorn shrimp. Here we come. So I, I had a bunch of it. And I do remember one of my friends, Miles, saying, whoa, that's a lot of popcorn shrimp. I remember that. <laughs> and 
what I now know to be judgment at the time, I was like, wow, great observation. My, like genuinely, yes, this is a lot. And I plan on consuming every bit of it. And don't ask me if you can have some miles because I'll say no, since it's a buffet and you can go help yourself. The other thing I noticed that should be noted in this story is that no one else had the popcorn shrimp. I, I noticed that I was, an, I was in the minority with the popcorn shrimp. So I uh, I had the, you know, two plates full of popcorn shrimp. It didn't touch my teeth, which is the magic of this food, right? <laughs> Popped them right on down. Right, goes, swallow them whole, baby, swallow right, them whole. Where you're like, oh, I get why it has the name popcorn. Absolutely. Right, right. can't stop. Right. So um, I finished two plates full of the popcorn shrimp and we went back to the hotel um we had a nice fun night you know kids running amok at a hotel with very few chaperones and uh we were all away from our parents so we're having a grand old time go to sleep eventually we wake up and this was our most important jam-packed day as far as far as itinerary goes so our teacher chaperones um the very first place we went now, I want to, of course, I want to say it was the Supreme Court. It was not because you can't, that's not like a, hey, come on in and watch our latest trial, right? <laughs> right. But it was a trial. We saw, we saw a trial. So uh, it was, um, the, the, the man on trial, I, he was accused of some crime and he happened to be deaf. So it was, you know, and, and I've never sat in a trial before, but I would venture to say that they're a little bit louder than this one. It was <laughs> very quiet, Lauren. There, because the- oh, shit, man, uh, what are you setting us up for? <laughs> okay. Like I said- I Grace, would venture to guess they're a little bit louder than this one. They, they have to be. This felt abnormally quiet. <laughs> I understand we're dealing with somebody who is deaf and then the, you know, the interpreter was there. So there was a lot of ASL um, and the judge would every so now and then interject for clarification purposes. But for the most part, this was very quiet. And the one thing that was not quiet was my stomach. And uh, <laughs> so while we're sitting there, there was this sound that I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna do a great job of reenacting this sound, but I'm going to give it my best shot, okay? This is what I experienced from myself that day. <laughs> so at this point, <clears throat> everyone is looking around the court, okay? And I am like, I will not take the fall for that. And I knew- Of course. I'm looking where everybody else is looking. I'm like, oh my God, somebody must, you know. Ah, you're looking around. Yeah, I'm, of course. You wide-eye everyone else next right. to you. Like, did you hear that? I will oh not my take God. the hit. I refuse. I, the, I am not the one on trial and I will keep, I want to keep it that way, right? Yes. So I'm looking around, everyone else is looking around and, and I'm like, you know, you're, you're bar, at this point you're bargaining, right? You're like, please, please, <laughs> God, please make this stop. Like I, I'll do anything, right? I'm, I'm <laughs> praying. I will do anything if you just make the noises stop. 
So it does settle down. The, the, the trial continues. And, and also I'm praying that uh, at the same time, Lauren, I'm like, somebody else, please talk. Like, uh, can we get another witness? Right. So that they're going to get a witness in here. Yeah, Lord Jesus. Like a witness. Somebody. Hold me down. I'll, I'll, I'll convert my life Somebody. to you. So I'm bargaining on every level. Right. And it, there's, there is, you know, quiet on the uh, on the stomach front for Kenny for a little bit, but then all of a sudden it starts up again and it's a little louder, a little more boisterous. <laughs> At this point, Lauren, the judge is now looking. So I've now attracted <laughs> the attention of the, of the goddamn judge and the judge is like, what is this? Like what's happening, right? So I don't know how, but my teachers decided, okay, well, if we want to stay on schedule today, we got to get out. And because we were a class of middle school students, I think it was easier for us to make an exit. So our teachers quietly gathered us. I'm thinking, thank the Lord. We get out of the court and they're like, okay, next up, we're going to watch Congress in action. And we're going to sit up in the, the, the raptures, the balcony section where you can watch legislation being made. So I'm like, okay, that's good because there will be talking. So whatever, right. and it, it, unlike a courthouse, we will be allowed to, to at least whisper, right? I mean, this is an upgrade. So we get there, we're sitting on the, on the balcony, we're watching uh, Congress do their thing. And yet again, the old stomach decides it's got to make more noise. So <laughs> I am pushing. Wait, I'm so sorry, Kenny, to interject yeah. in this moment. Oh, please Did do. you happen to have a friend or just any ally in the group that you could be like, oh my God, you know, I, my stomach's on the fritz. Like, did you, were you sharing this with anyone? I wish. And one of the life oh. lessons I learned from this is it is important Everybody goes through this, right? We all go through GI Everybody issues. Yes. But as a seventh grade gay, overweight Jewish boy, you really do think hey, this is my problem. No one <laughs> right, else right. ever no experienced one. this. No this is a me issue and I have to deal with, and you're so, you've got that middle school vulnerability where you're worried that whoever yes. you talk to is going to then tell one person who then tells five other people. And before you know it, of the course, knows my GI business. So I, I could, I felt like I couldn't tell anybody. I hear you. I hear so you. At, at this point, I'm like trying to be resourceful and muffle the sounds of thinking I can actually outsmart my body. So I'm pushing, I'm balling up my fists and pushing it into my abdomen because I'm thinking, <laughs> That might dilute the the whatever the word is, diffuse the sound, the noise levels that I'm that are being projected from me. So I'm pushing in and pushing in. My stomach continues to combat me, right? The noises continue. And at one point I felt something drop. So something <laughs> in my stomach that I had not felt before just kind of gave. I mean, the reason why we're laughing too, we've all like experienced these very similar feelings in yes. the most unconventional places. The I most, mean, uh, please yeah. keep That's going. Why keep I going. So wish you two were on this trip with me. Same, I, same. I, I needed your hilarity and your compassion. It was deeply missed. 
So um, this, whatever this was that dropped within my stomach was a new feeling for me. I, I don't know if I'd ever experienced that until this point. And I thought, well, this cannot be good. That's what I remember thinking. This isn't good. That dropping feeling was is, is a signal from my body. It's a warning signal. And I, but I still didn't know what was happening, right? I still didn't have the foresight of what would come next. I just knew something was off. So then we step outside onto Capitol Hill and our teachers say, um, a congressman so-and-so from the state of Louisiana has offered to talk to us a little bit and even take a picture with us. Isn't that great? And it's so point, great. It's I'm so thinking- great. No, and I, I don't feel great about this. Um, and I really think I need a bathroom. At this point, I'm like, a bathroom is very much in order. But I had no idea how to advocate for myself to use one. I also didn't want to be a nuisance. Um, oh, by the way, Lauren, it says this free meeting will end in 10 minutes. <laughs> well, we got to, <laughs> we will get this story so out. Much more than 10 minutes. Okay. okay. Welcome. And that's it, everyone. Thank you so much. <laughs> so so um, we're, we're lining up on Capitol Hill. The congressman proceeds to shake everybody's. He's going down the line to shake everyone's hand. He gets to my hand and, and there's, this is no exaggeration. The minute his skin touches mine and shake. <laughs> kitty, kitty, kitty. Shit goes down my legs, down my thighs. <laughs> um, it's in my shoes. <laughs> I am wearing white khakis and a red t-shirt. That is all I'm wearing. That is all I'm wearing. <laughs> oh, holy shit. Oh my God. Literally, holy shit. Holy shit. And so I am like, so <laughs> we took a, there is a picture, Lauren, of my class. And actually my mom has saved this picture with the congressman. And if you zoom into my face, it, it's right shortly after the first incident had occurred, right? So that's ground zero. <laughs> My face, if you look at my face, I look horrified. Like the look on my face is, what am I going to do? We have a whole day. Of that <laughs> I have shit my pants. I have shit my pants. I am in my shoes. I am in my shoes. So then we take the picture and our teachers go, okay, we're going to go to the commissary and have lunch. And I'm right. saying, so, okay, at, excuse me. At this point, no chaperone has noticed you shit yourself. Not one soul, not one soul. And this, oh. is, this is why I said earlier, there was an angel looking out for me that it had to have been, right? Because okay. these are, with, given what happened to me, somebody should have known. Somebody yes. should have known. The smell alone. I was going to say, see, now as a child, I would have hid, hidden all of this, but you can't hide. I would have walked around with shit in my shoes all day and I would have quietly gone to my, <laughs> to my shower at night. But with the smell, there's just nothing you can do. No, and, and we were far away from our hotel. So it wasn't like I had a place that I could retreat to. You know, I had to, I had to really bin and grin, sorry, bear and grin it that day. Yes. So um, we are walking to the commissary and I decide I'm going to hang back from my <laughs> teachers and my fellow classmates. 
please buckle up for it. <laughs> and because I didn't want anyone to notice me. I wanted to just be away from everyone. I thought I'm smart enough to, to know how to navigate this, you know, giant quad and I'll find the goddamn commissary, <laughs> but I need to be separated. I needed to, so well, now we know the term is socially distanced myself from the rest of my peers. Okay. So I'm hanging in the back of the line. My teacher, no one has any idea, right? My teachers, they, they must've been starved, right? So they're, they're trying to get this whole class to the commissary and I see the stone and I, and I feel this wave in my stomach and it, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, it's, I'm going to go again. <laughs> round two. So I go to the stone thinking if I sit on it and I push and, and have a little resistance against the stone, it will I, I don't even know what I was thinking, but I thought maybe it will slow everything down or at least I'll be sitting, you know, I thought I'll be able to control something. Okay. Just sit on this stone. So seventh grade Kenny is trying to plug his ass on a stone. Really, I was trying so Like stone in public outside. Outside. Okay. On the yes. Outside. Yeah. Day, in Washington, D.C. Totally. Yes. Our nation's capital. Okay. So I sit on the stone and I feel, I feel the shit coming. And so I reach for either side of the stone and I'm pushing myself down to just like, I don't slow the flow. I don't know, but it's coming. Right. And it's on the stone. And I'm like, dear God, like this is hell. I am living in hell. This is a nightmare and I'm living it. Yes. Oh, whatever dream we've had as kids where you go to school naked, this, this, this far worse, far worse. And it's my, it's my reality. So I get up from the stone and I realize very quickly as I'm looking at the smeared fecal matter on the stone, <laughs> I realize that it's a stone in memoriam of a fallen soldier. So not only have I disrespected the steps of our nation's capital. Oh my God. I have disrespected the memory of a fallen soldier, a hero of our, of our forces. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God. Well, and then I thought, you know, I'm sure people clean the quad. There's going to be somebody that will come around, look at the stone, assume an animal did it because why would you assume a human did this? Right. And clean it. So I start the rain. It. I would be like, it'll rain. It'll be fine. Oh, it'll ra I, I was like, something will happen. Right that will wash away the evidence. And now at this point, I'm like, I don't know how much longer I have. I need to book it to the commissary. I have no idea where my Jenny, fucking glasses are. Um, at this stage, have you gotten the sweatshirt? At this stage, no, no. And by the way, it was a jacket. Jacket, jacket, jacket. So, I, so I'm now running to the commissary. I get to the commissary, forget lunch, I lock myself, thank God, this is another like, thank you God moment where it was a, um, a, a, a single bathroom. I go in, I lock the door. I, my underwear is done. It is irreparable. So I throw that away. And Lauren, my socks also took one for the, they're done. They're fucking done. So my socks are deposited in the trash. I take my pants. Uh, whatever's left of them. And I washed them thoroughly with cherry blossom soap. That's all they had in DC. It was <laughs> yep. cherry blossom hand soap. I'm pumping away the soap. I'm washing under the sink. I'm drying it under the blow dry, you know, the, the hand dryer. Yes. I, I decide my lunch 
break is is my time to to reset here. So this is what I have to do. I got to clean. So I clean myself up. I clean my clothes. I am sort of as good as new, minus my underwear and my socks. And I decide that you know we're it's got it's not long until we'll return to the hotel. So I go outside and I'm just sit down with my friends and. I didn't speak a word. I'm sure I looked quite off. <laughs> you probably looked right as a ghost. And, and the fact that no one has been looking for you this whole time also, this that you're just able so to gallivant around in the, co- like, in the commons of the squad and then this bathroom alone as a child. Like I'm thinking a single stall, what the hell, all the Different things. Times. Oh my gosh, that's different a fact. Times. Different times, different times. <laughs> so my teachers go, surprise. We're not going back to the hotel, everybody. We are going, we got tickets to go to the Frederick Douglass Memorial. Hell, oh my God. Oh my God, oh my God. And so all I could think was how long, one, how long of a bus ride is this gonna be, right? And then two, I hope they have a functioning bathroom there because (laughs) with the pattern that I've noticed, I don't foresee myself making it through. So we get on the bus um, and I, uh, as we're boarding the bus, I turn to my friend, Annabelle, and I say, Annabelle, um, I I don't even know what excuse I made up, but I said, could I wear, I noticed you're not wearing your jacket. Could I tie it around my waist? Because I felt that there was, even though I dried and cleaned the hell out of it, there was still evidence there. And I didn't want it. My red (laughs) t-shirt definitely still evidence that that cherry blossom soap did not get out. It did yeah. not, yes, there was, right. So I, I asked that, said, can I wear it around my waist? She said, she, she didn't even bat an eyelash. She goes, no problem. She gives me her jacket. I tie it around my waist and it's covering, you know, it, it's covering the main the area, the area, the main event, the, the main, main event. event. <laughs> yeah. We get on the bus, we drive to, it's 20 minutes away from, from the, the Capitol and we get to the, uh, Frederick Douglass, Frederick Douglass Memorial and I notice it's on this very steep hill and I'm like thinking that can't be good for my stomach I <laughs> I don't know much about this but I know that walking up hills might very well agitate whatever the hell is going on with me so we walk up this hill and sure enough when we reach the top I noticed that same feeling from earlier and the sounds have returned and but nothing is happening. The dropping feeling did not happen. It's just the sound effects. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe. Hold it's on. Can't pause. It's going to end in 38 seconds. We have to do a part two. We cannot end this. How do we so, do it? Right. So Lauren, we'll have to send another link. And then maybe yeah. there's this recording. Do what do I do? Yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you after we, we end. We're recording. Part okay. two, we needed it. We needed Part it. Part two of DC. So um, I've ascended the hill. We are in the Frederick Douglass Memorial. It's very museum-like. So everybody disperses. They're looking at the different, you know, uh, factoids that are being shared about Frederick Douglass. And um, they make an announcement that there's a Frederick Douglass movie that's being shown in the screening room (laughs) and I did feel a sense of relief which was a rarity that day I I, you know not feeling (laughs) relief at all um and I thought okay if I'm seated again my logic if I'm sitting if I'm sitting I will I can control this oh we are (laughs) 
the lies that I've told myself. But so Kenny, the, qu quick interjection. Anytime, was there any time you had to kind of like clench your butt, like clench, <laughs> you know how you try to like, when you really feel it coming on now, like as an adult, you're like, oh God, and you're bracing yourself. Was there any of that? I, there was so much clenching especially <laughs> towards the end because it was such a natural response i know so DC. much clenching dc <laughs> diarrhea clenching so i i went in yeah i honestly think lauren that that was part of my my survival toolkit that day was the, the amount of clenching that i my my gluteus maximus was just was on that day very strong muscles. So as I'm in line, um, uh, uh, entering one by one, students are entering the screening room. There's a security guard who took it upon herself to um, to manage the student chaos because we were one of many schools who were visiting that day. And she as I'm getting ready, because I, I, I'm feeling that feeling again of like, uh-oh, this is more than just a, a noise. I think <laughs> we might have liftoff yet again. As I get to her, she puts her hand in my face and she goes, stop, like that. And, and the frequency of her voice that <laughs> something like very similar to when I met the congressman with our you know hand-to-hand -hand contact there was something about her energy the volume the frequency in her voice that just activated it and I <laughs> and whatever control a sphincter muscle would have in that moment was rendered <laughs> useless against her energy and her voice <laughs> So oh as God. she does that to me, hand and mind you, her hand is like this into my face, down my legs. I'm taking my pants and I'm the only thing I could knew to do was like push my pants away from my legs so that nothing got caught. Right. <laughs> it's going down it's in my shoes again. I'm like, kill me. The shoes kill me. Yeah, because all I can think of you is like stepping on shit as you're. That was my. That was and my. Hey, the smell that had to be emanating from you at this point, yes. unreal. I think unfucking un real. And so, as I'm, as I'm defecating myself <laughs> in front of this mall cop security guard who felt <laughs> that I was where I was. I was the person she was going to stop. Because I really do believe, delusional or not, had I made it to that seat, I could have stopped this from happening. <laughs> that I could have used my sphincter muscles for, for its purpose, right? But I think she set something off in me. And so I'm now angry at her. I'm angry at my at, at my situation, my situation. I'm angry at everything. I'm angry at my teachers for, for this impromptu field trip that we were supposed to be at the and, hotel. And, so, and they're making it sound like it's the best thing ever. Oh, every time. Guess what? And I'm like, oh my God. There's, <laughs> whatever their energy was, my energy was the polar opposite of it. I could not match their energy because of, of this trauma that I was dealing with that day. 
So again, here's here's a little glass half full perspective. Right next to the screening room was yet another single bathroom. Your privacy is on deck. Thank God. I, I immediately abort this line. I flee into the bathroom, which thankfully was empty. I lock the door. I I mean, it is bolted shut. Has to be. be. Your only moment of solace, right? Literally, literally the only thing that separates you from complete life chaos and just utter like is a literal like carbon door. Yes. Yes. This this saved me from being exposed to my classmates and to other schools that were just trying to have an innocent field trip and learn about Frederick Douglass. So I now am in this bathroom. I have a routine, which is just pathetic at this point. Like the fact that I'm like, all right, here we go again. Wash the pants. Again, cherry blossom soap, the real real MVP of the day, right? I mean, I want to know the maker of that. I want to know the company because I really would love to plug them because they saved me. They masked the odor that could have really offended a lot of people that day. I'm sure the soap is still the same um, at our nation's capital. So if anybody has the, um, the 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 convenience of hopping up there, let us know. Like, right? We need to close this loop. Yes. So, and and I'll I will I will vow to buy that soap for the rest of my life if I can find out exactly you know what brand it is. I, that <laughs> we soap need saved me. We need the company's site. I want to plug them because it, and it, and you know, to uh, listen, I don't know how much of it was nose blind for me because I was living this nightmare, but I, I honest to goodness was among peers who really were not shy about calling each other out. That was our classic stick was like, we love to just tell everybody how it was. And not one person said anything to me. So that is that's testimony to the soap. I, I would have to say, I I would say the soap and the Lord's work. That's all we can so it, equate it, it to. Angel guide on your side. It was the angel guide. Yes, Katie. Yes. And the fact that I was so thorough in my cleaning procedures at this that's point. Fact. Right. Honey, we don't, we don't want to ever overlook your process in this because you had it down to an unfortunate science. I had it down to a deeply unfortunate science. So I clean everything, pumping the soap. I'm lathering my legs. I'm, you know, washing myself as best as I can do with the one sink that I'm that I have at my, you know, disposal. And and thinking, is there anything else I can leave? Is there any parting gift I can leave at the Frederick Douglass Memorial, similar to the commissary, which now is the proud owner of my underwear, my former underwear and socks, right? So I'm like, is there anything I can ditch? But really, everything I had was essential. I needed my shirt. I had no undershirt because I'm in seventh grade and didn't think about undershirts, right? (laughs) I have no underwear. I have no socks. I have my (laughs) shoes and my pants, and I have Annabelle's jacket, which (laughs) I have ruined. He's got nothing. (laughs) Yes. No, right. So Annabelle's jacket is done. And I am now, um, oh, it said... It said that my um our our recording is done. Save. There we go. Let me just quickly save this, y'all. Y'all. <laughs> Thank oh, you and- to our to our guest and producer. Oh, <laughs> doing oh. double. I'm doing double duty here, Lauren. 
Yeah, you're really producing a podcast that you're a guest on. Uh, gosh. And, and, and you're and supplying the full content. I mean, that- Kenny Mouse, everyone. I- Kenny Mouse. <laughs> He he also has a soap sponsorship coming. Like so much is bright in your future. Hey, oh God! And to think I just told my mom that I I don't multitask. Now I got to call her after this Zoom call is over and tell her that's not true. It's not true. <laughs> Look at me, Mom. I'm multitasking. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna just all right. Save that for later. Okay, so. Um, I am finally done cleaning myself up, including Annabelle's uh, jacket, and I return, and it's the end of the Frederick Douglass movie. So I sit down next to a couple of my classmates. I made sure there was a little distance in between us. The the I will tell you, the cherry blossom soap was strong. Like that, the <laughs> fact that that was the predominant smell, I had never been more grateful. Because I really, I was coated in it, coated in it. Because I knew better that than the alternative. That's a fact, honey. So the movie wraps, the credits roll. Our teachers go, okay, we're, we're going to head to the hotel. Um, but Caroline's grandparents who live in D.C. have been so gracious. You've and got to be kidding me. They've invited us. To- <laughs> oh, They've invited us um, to have a pizza party and pool party at their home. This is this wonderful. The only thing I, the only thing that kept me sane from like not losing my goddamn mind in front of everybody was the fact that we were going to the hotel in between because I thought, well, I'm going to take a proper shower. My dad packed me a modium MD and, and it's, that's in my toiletry kit. Daddy, oh, fucking believe I'm popping those suckers in as soon as I get there. And I thought, well, I don't have a whole lot of clothes that I packed. So then I have to, when I get to the hotel and I've showered and I'm a modium MD'd up, then maybe I'll have some clarity around what I can do with these clothes, you know? So we get to the hotel and I, uh, I am seeing this maid on our floor pushing the cart with linens. And my parents gave me emergency cash. I'm like, this is an emergency. This is not an emergency they probably thought about, but nope. damn it, it's an emergency. So I go up to her and with the most angelic face and tone, I'm like, excuse me, miss. I am so sorry. I know that you have washing machines and a laundry room. I have clothes that um, I think I said I ruined. I think I said I ruined, but I didn't go into <laughs> specifics. I'm sure she figured it out very quickly. And I said, um, can I please give you the clothes? And I I will tip you. I have money. I will tip you right now. And I'll tip you more when it's done. But I just need these clothes to be washed and dried. And she was so kind and she didn't have to be and she said no problem you know um I, i'll i'm on this floor for another few minutes I'll, I'll i won't move i'll be right here go get your clothes bring them to the cart and you know if you can she said if you can put them in a plastic bag that'd be great so i went into the hotel room i got the 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 ruined clothes i emptied out a trash can used that bag stuffed the clothes in the bag brought it to this wonderful maid and I said, here they are. And then gave her, you know, the emergency cash. And I 
went to the pool party that day and I came home that night. She had folded my clothes and she had put them on one of the beds. So sweet. Which I mean, so sweet. And also a testament to what your parents had taught you and like <laughs> you up, like who to look for. Like, no, I'm learning as a parent what to do. And, but this is also what I'm, I'm just as a current teacher, I'm honestly just so concerned about the fact that you've been doing all, you've been so living a double bad. life. Okay. Double and life. no one noticed once (laughs) if i did a quick scan of a group of kids i'm gonna see the one who shit their pants you will not that day and you know what it is lauren i really here's what i attribute it to when you are when you're growing up during a time because when we were kids you know being out as gay was not common right Gen Z is beautiful. You can you can announce yourself as you are in most parts of the country and be pretty quickly readily accepted. But this this was a time where you know we were so binary in our thinking, right? That I I, there was no I, I felt there wasn't much of a place for me. I mean, humor is what I used as a tactic to bond with people. But me being gay, right? And then on top of that, me being overweight. Um, those were things that held shame for me. And so mm-hmm. my weight, I couldn't hide, but my my homosexuality, you better believe I was going to hide that until I felt safe enough to be out about it. So I think I was so convincing at hiding this during that uh, day. Yes, you were that, an expert. That I was an expert, right? That it was like, to me, it makes sense why I hit it as well as I did. Maybe not in the picture we took with the congressman, but that's when <laughs> that was when lightning was, you know, had had strike for the first time. But after that, I mean, I was in pure survival mode, so I I, just, I couldn't handle being different. I couldn't handle being othered in yet another way. So I, for me, in that on that day, it was like I'll be damned if I go down this way. Right, that different. Also, yes. Kenny. Share the fact of you, oh. your teacher. Oh my God, Lauren, this is the this is the craziest part. So cut to years later, my very first, um, no, my second job as a in the field of education, and I was applying to be an assistant teacher for a primary classroom, first graders, and um, during the interview process, the woman who was one of the administrators at this private school here in Chicago was one of the two main teachers during that DC trip. So she ended up being my boss years later. And I did not tell her the story until we were drinking cocktails on a patio patio, uh, my last day at that school. And I told her what happened and everyone else at the table had the, you know, the, the reaction that I've come to expect, which is they're laughing uncontrollably. And they're also in disbelief that this happened and that I like served that I'm, that I live yes. the tale. Right. She is horrified. All she could say to me was Kenny, why didn't you tell me? She could not believe that at no point during that day, did I go to her and say, you, I need your help. Oh, 
Yes. Which is, well, that's what I'm like, thinking. As, as also, like you were saying, like you just had to handle it yourself. Yeah. No, yeah. I hear you. I, I and it. I, and I totally get that aspect of it too, because just like you said, I couldn't handle being othered yet again. And even you had already puked on the train. So it was like, Oh, I don't want to make any more, you know, inconveniences for these people. And you, you, you got it done. I got it done. I was in pure survival mode. And, and a lot of lessons were learned that day. Like, you know, how to create your own dietary restrictions when traveling. Because right. what yes. else? <laughs> so true. It, and it's also such a strong lesson of being resourceful. You found it. You, your ally was yourself, but you landed it <laughs> and you figured out how to do it. You resourceful were and, and self-sufficient. <laughs> self-sufficient because I learned that day that I could depend on myself and get the job done without having to lean on a group of people, which right. you know I should have done, but I didn't do it. So what a great example for a job interview. You know, when they say, like, have you oh. ever been like faced with it? It's like I wish we could use these experiences and be like, trust me. I know how to handle it. You know, you want to hear about me in seventh grade. <laughs> I've got time for you. Exactly. So, well, in, in college, I took a class, a course called um, survival. And it was all about um, the history of how humans learn how to survive and cope in, in this world. And my presentation, I'm now having regrets because had I been braver in college, my presentation should have been this story. Because it is the ultimate test of well, and it's but it's only through you know telling it m multiple times that you're like oh my god there was so much there was so there were so many things going on beneath the surface and that's what Katie and I were talking about I'm like if we look at who we were as kids and like the weird stuff we did and the stories and they're funny but it's like yeah. why was I doing like how why well, was I, my mind working like this like what I, else was going on yeah what else yeah. was going on but also like it's kind of cool that you can navigate through it yourself but then after it's like this story Kenny although it was traumatic has caused literal belly laughs for grown people when like laughter like that doesn't always happen for people so I think uh -huh. it's a gift that you were really I mean I know it's hard to look at it like that but I think it's like you wrote it into your plan so you could share the laughter because it's brought me <laughs> laughter I know a true true gift I true. love that perspective I that's very yeah. true I mean humor is something that disarms people and bonds people all at the same time but and so this real. is a story that that when I have told to, you know, rooms of people at a dinner party, at a graduation party, true story, um, that it has quickly disarmed the room and set a tone for like everybody to feel just free and liberated to laugh at whatever and just, you know, be themselves. So wow. you're right. That is a great way of looking at it. And by and the way, I when I got home from this trip, Lauren, I thought I was going to get all the compassion from my parents. Well, those two bitches... <laughs> out of their chairs at the kitchen. I mean, literally <laughs> fell out of their chairs laughing. So I had never to this day, I don't think I've ever seen my parents laugh that hard. Oh, they that is beautiful. 
a dream. And and it's a testament, honestly, Kenny, to your personality and the joy that you bring to the world. The, oh. Even just saying, you know, disarming the crowd and and just bring allowing people to be their authentic selves anywhere you go. That is exactly who you are, you know. Oh, and, and this story oh. created so much resilience, you know, in such a young soul. And you learned this was like your accelerated crash course, you know, in this Likewise. just couple of days. And I just I I think it's amazing. So thank you so much for sharing it for us. I also just have one other thing. How was the pool party? Like, I'm thinking like, (laughs) how legal is this? You know, like, oh, actually, we're just going to go to some random people's houses. Take all these children to this, you know, unapproved space. I I mean, again, the only thing I can think is, wow, different times. Such a different time, right? I mean, the trust that we had, the the connection that the the hosts had to us was their granddaughter, Caroline, was in that seventh and eighth grade class. So she was with us on that DC trip. So, you know, I feel like our teachers were like, oh, if they're her grandparents, that's, you know, that's somewhat vetted. However, they didn't know her grandparents. It wasn't like it was her parents, her immediate family, right? Well, I'm even saying, does she even have contact with, like, you know, like, what kind of weird, like... sacrifices are they hosting in their basement that's immediately what i'm thinking like we're gonna bring all gang of children over to your house and who knows what you're gonna you know have your way with them in a city we we're not even familiar with totally totally have your with them i listen it it was trust no one trust no one right but at this time it was like trust everybody leave the episode but i love you guys so all right Tata, enjoy your free drink, ho. <laughs> Get it, girl. Thank you. Bye, Katie. Wow, what a beautiful, what a beautiful connection. Now, Kenny, honestly, like just you sharing this story, because I feel like so many people have these stories. You know, one thing that Katie and I have talked about on the podcast is when we text each other from like the Marshalls or TJ Maxx bathroom, like where you always have to shit in those stores. Like (laughs) it comes over you like a wave and you have to get to the bathroom. And luckily most of them are single saw, but I know like, like, um, Michael's where it happens for me is not. And I've just had to like rock out and thank God that it's not a busy shop. But I mean, (laughs) As adults, we have, so that's why I was like, did you tell, you were telling no one about, you know, this, then I totally get with the middle school kids, it oh. like spreads like wildfire and it's, it's going to be a completely different story at the end of the day, but yep. it's like to not even have an ally in that moment. Oh, bless you. It to, right. And, and to realize that, that what I didn't know before that, which is true, is that I am, it can be my own strongest ally. That's a fact, honey. That was something from that. Like, oh, okay, I've got my own back. Listen, those children were childrening. You were real life in it out there with the housekeeping and, you know, just connecting with the community. (laughs) So many life lessons that I learned in, in a condensed amount of time away from my parents. Yes. Because I couldn't have learned that if my parents were there. And you didn't even, you didn't even cry when you puked? Uh, no, I didn't at no point. Oh. And again, again, it was like, I didn't, I couldn't afford myself the space to mm. be that vulnerable because it, the minute I went there, then it was like, you know, oh God, now I'm this odd 
kid already who threw up and woke everybody up at 2 a.m. on the train. And now I'm crying and making this all about my emotional meltdown. Like I couldn't afford myself to have that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Wow. So it what was- a what a great also like insight into this too. And just yes. whoever else is listening, what were the times that you couldn't afford to be vulnerable when you really needed to as a kid, you know? Yes. And, you know, how does that show up in your life now? You know, you've clearly taken it, you know, and held it and it's become such a positive thing. But like, what else, you know, what can we do with these stories? And just like honoring that inner child and saying, great job, little Kenny, like you did it. Like, I'm so proud of you. Yes, yes. And I did get to a place where I can genuinely feel proud of myself for weathering that literal shitstorm. Oh, hell yeah. Up to that, baby. Well, thank you so much for joining us thank on Loca and sharing your time and energy and your beautiful spirit. Um, you know, you. I'm not opposed to you coming back. We we need more Kenny stories. How, you can have me back anytime. I would gladly any any time with you and Katie is a good time. So I'm here for it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. And listen, next time you come, we won't have you producing, but you've done a phenomenal <laughs> job today. So thank you. Listen, whatever I, whenever I can add it to the resume, I'm not mad at it. So honey, put it no. down. I'll send you three bullet points tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank All you. Right. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We love you guys. You can always sit with us. We're always going to be your ally. Have a fantastic wherever you are. Thank you.